Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet, as always. I don't know about you, but I think we've hit the point in the preseason where we're like, okay, I think it's just about time we we uh, we wrap this one up. We're uh, four games in, five by the time you're listening to this. I don't even feel bad about not covering this preseason game. It's not even on TV again for the second time this preseason. But the Avalanche do win their last preseason game, 4-3, to three, over the Dallas Stars in overtime in what turned out to be a shockingly fun game for some reason. Yeah, shockingly fun. Uh, I actually had it on the big TV because it was so exciting compared to the Jets-Chiefs game. So that, you, that tells you, you where you it was. You like the 11 Taylor Swift cameos in the, in the Jets game? Oh. It was more like 12, but here we are talking about Taylor Swift again. Jesus, man, that's three straight episodes. Um, but uh, it's it was a really fun game. I, I really enjoyed it. We got to see Nathan McKinnon play. We got to see Miko Rantanen. We got to see Jonathan Duran on that top line. I thought they looked pretty solid. I really liked them. I thought Duran looked comfortable. Again, looked like he's showing some willingness to improve his, his weaknesses is at least what he was able to, to show to me. And he just looked very smart with the pucks. Looked very cozy. Have very few complaints about how they played. I have very few complaints. It was more just what I really enjoyed. I guess not really enjoyed. It's just funny to watch because you can clearly tell Nathan McKinnon is like half engaged in the game. (laughs) It's like, it's just very funny to watch him be like, oh, that's right. He's just in preseason. He's just in full on fuck it mode. Like that move he had in overtime, he would never try that in a real game. No, and the fact that it almost worked is ridiculous. <laughs> right, right. It, it was just very funny to watch one of the most competitive humans on planet Earth just not really care until it got to overtime, and they was like, "Okay, I guess I'll, I guess I'll try a little bit. Maybe yeah, when the I power plays really out there, I'll try." Go. I really do want to go home. Maybe I will try. Right. I mean, for McKinnon, he's also smart. Knows when to, you know, maybe give it his all, and maybe a, the first preseason game's not really the place to go all out in. I think so, but it is just like you, you have to take a step back and be like, oh, that's right. He, he's not really trying out there tonight. And 
even when they got in the power play, I, I saw like him actually trying on the power play and like when they had the puck in the offensive zone, but his defensive coverage in this game wasn't great. <laughs> it's, it's it's the preseason. Was, really was anybody's. Right. Right. It, no one's was really that good, but I do think that Bednar is going to start that line together to start the year. I really do. I think so. I think they've given it enough of a try in training camp and now in a preseason game, they're going to trot it out there for game one. Doesn't mean it has to be locked in stone for the entire season, but they're going to see if it works during the regular season once they're playing full-time NHL competition again. And I imagine there's going to be some some growing pains here and there. We might see Lekkanen go back up on that top line. You're going to see a lot of, of picking and scratching at a lot of these combinations probably pretty early in the season. But again, this game... Pretty fun. The Avs won it four to three. And even going back to McKinnon, the fa- I bet it feels weird for him playing less than 18 minutes yeah. in a game. Probably feels odd. It feels probably super weird for him because he's usually up in the 23, 24. Like at the end of this game, I, I think that Bednar wasn't going to play McKinnon and Rantanen for the last like five minutes of that game. But then the stars come back to tie it. And he's like, well, shit, I guess I got to throw him out there. Like McKinnon's competitive nature is going to result in him wanting to still win a meaningless game. Yeah, that's just in his nature. It's what he does. But enough about the big guys. This game was all about the guys still fighting for those extra forward spots. And against the Stars, two former Stars absolutely made their case again in this game. First and foremost, Riley Tufty scores the goal less than two minutes into the game. The fantastic bobblehead celebration that for some reason got Stars fans really upset on Twitter and they took it very personally, which to me just made it even funnier. But, you know. What can you expect from them? But he gets the goal less than two minutes in. And Freddie Olofsson as well gets a nice baseball goal off of a nice setup by Riley Tufty on the one-timer. They both get goals. And we're starting to get down to decision time. Starting to look like Ben Myers might not make the cut, especially with not having to go through waivers. And it's probably going to come down to who do you like more, Olofsson or Tufty? It's a tough one, man, because... What I've seen from Tufty is he's scoring a lot in the preseason. But what I've seen from Olafson is he's he's just looked solid in every every game. And I, I don't think you can go wrong with either. Uh Tufty, remind me, he's one signed to an AHL deal, right? That, or is he two way? That that was Ivan Ivan. That was on that was the Ivan Ivan deal. But Tufty is on the he would require wa- they both require waivers. They both do. I'm correct. I I don't know. I think I'm leaning Freddie Olafson right now. I am too. I just the details of his game are there. And that's not to say that Riley Tufties aren't, but you can't get caught up in the goals. The fact that he scored in every single preseason game he's been in so far, like that's not going to happen in the regular season. And Freddie Olofsson, he's just done so few things wrong. And it's a shame for Riley Tufty because probably in any other training camp, he gets that job but it's just been such a tough competition. And I think they really like Olofsson. I think they're starting to lean on him a little in this preseason. And they went out and traded for him early in the offseason. We really should remember that, that this was the first move that this team made this offseason was going out and getting a guy before he hit the open market. Uh, the guy they could have just waited and gone to get, but didn't want to risk it. And they didn't give up anything. They gave up future considerations to go and get him. But still, the fact that they took the time out of their day to go and acquire Freddie Olofsson and sign him to that new deal shows that maybe they see a little something there that they like. And based on everything I've seen from Olofsson so far, I think 
I would be surprised to not see him in the lineup on the first day. I think so too, just because more than likely I would expect Olofsson to get picked up through waivers. Yeah. I don't think Olofsson is clearing waivers. I think for Olofsson to not get claimed on waivers, he's going to need to start the season and probably suck. And then in that case, maybe he would sneak through, but I think there would be plenty of teams that would just go, Oh, Freddie Olofsson for free. Yeah, sure. I think it's, you're risking it with Riley Tufty. He's six, six and has looked impressive in training camp and the preseason. There might be a team or two that looks at that and goes, what's the harm? I'd say it's a chance that Tufty gets claimed. I would almost guarantee that Olofsson gets claimed. I, I, I agree with that. And even though I've liked what Tufty's done a lot, you, you mentioned he's he's a big dude, man. Big dude. He's a monster. And he has been good offensively. Like he's shown flashes where it's like this guy could be really good. Like the, the second goal that led to uh Olafson's goal, Tufty makes two great plays on that. He finds the pass lane twice. I, I like his offensive game a lot more, but what the Avs need on that fourth line isn't necessarily offense. They need someone who's going to fit in well with Logan O'Connor and Andrew Cogliano and is going to be a nuisance to play against. Right. If this role wasn't for fourth line, I think Tufty would have the advantage. But what they're going to ask of that fourth line, I don't know if Tufty necessarily fits it right now. Right, and especially the fact that we're looking for fourth line center, Correct. which we proved in this preseason Tufty is not. And there's not anything wrong with that. If anything... Tufty has gone from a guy that was probably going to spend most of, if not all the season in the AHL to probably the first call up when injuries eventually happen and probably thrown on the fourth line wing. I don't hate that. I, I, the We talked about on the last episode, there are options this year with decent NHL players, which... way better options than you had last year. Yes. And like the, they all did their best last year. Everyone who was called up came in, and did their job to the best of their ability. But the fact that you could be three injuries in and calling up, you know, we'll see what they do with Kiwi Ranta. I imagine he's going to stick around in some shape or form, but you imagine you're throwing Kiwi Ranta in there, then Tufty in there. And then if you get down to it, Ben Myers in there, you have a litany of players that you know that you can trust for seven minutes in a, in a fourth line role in a game. And I, it makes the team feel a lot better knowing the fact that they've had to overcome a lot of these injuries in recent seasons. And inevitably, that is going to have to be the case again. Even if it's better than last year, there's still <laughs> going to be points where you're you're fighting through a lot and you're going to need those guys to step up. And if you have injuries and have guys step in and perform well and you can keep winning, you're setting yourself up for a strong season. And then when you get to the playoffs it's always going to have to be next man up. And the fact that you are establishing trust and relationships with these players already for the preseason, that's really all you can ask. It's all you can ask. And we, we saw it in the cup run. Gerard goes down. Uh, there was a cycle of new hook, obey bell, Burkowski even went out. Like you have to have that depth for players that you can trust. And I think the abs did a better job with it this off season. Uh, a guy like Kiwi Ranta, who played 77 games last year, he could be potentially an extra. He, he's he's a decent NHL player. You're not going to expect him to go out there and light the world on fire, but he's going to be able to provide you those seven to eight minutes of high, like, hockey time that you need. 
I just said hockey time. I meant to say ice time, but you know, what? honestly, I, I like hockey time. Hockey time. Yeah. It sounds a little bit more, a little bit more badass. It's, it's, but, it sounds like a good little fourth line role. Just go out there and g- give me some fucking hockey time. Give me some hockey time. Yeah. Give me some hockey time. Kiwi Ranta. Tufty is going to be the same way. Olsen's going to be swaying. And dude, Oscar Olausen looks really good too, man. He, he's I, earning he's earning himself some trust too. He's not going to make the team and might not even be one of the earlier call-ups. But if we do get to a point like we did last season in December where there's just a bunch of guys out, Olausen could get called up and not just thrown in a fourth-line role for five minutes. Like He might get up there maybe in a, a third-line role, depending on how severe it is. I don't want to put this out there, second-line role. But you know that his skill set is probably better suited for that regardless. And for these filling out the extra slots on the roster, on the fourth line to play with Cagliano and O'Connor, probably better to give those to your Kibirantas, your Tufties, and your Olofsons of the world, even Ben Myers too. Olausen has potential to be a top nine forward. These guys that were on the fringe, they're pretty much bottom six NHL wingers. That's what they are. And Olausen is actually going to be better playing 22 minutes a night with the Eagles than he would be six with the Avs. So he looked really good, man. That set up by Druan to him in what turned out to be just a very exciting preseason overtime was awesome. That wrist shot he had was beautiful. And I, I loved just going on Twitter and everyone saying, oh, everyone's favorite preseason overtime. And then by the end of it, we're like, that was actually a really fucking exciting overtime. I think you just word for word said what I tweeted during that overtime. I think I just said preseason overtime, everyone's favorite. And then the next tweet is that is probably the most fun preseason overtime I've ever seen. It was nonstop breakaways for like three straight minutes because no one cared about playing defense at all. It was so fun. You had, it's not even just like, oh, you had AHLers, McKinnon breakaway, Sagan breakaway. You had all these NHL stars going up on breakaways. And of course, it's Oscar Olausen who finishes the game not even on a breakaway, just a, a beautiful wrist shot. And the Avs survived blowing a, a 3-1 lead with three minutes left. And not that it really would have mattered, but it's annoying all the less if you if you can't hold on to win that game if you're the team. But it doesn't matter because they got the job done. No one remembers it. Georgiev plays the entire game plus the overtime. He didn't look great, but it's preseason when it comes not to goals. Lot, I mean, not a lot of goalies do look great. No. I mean, Linus Olmark, we're watching the game right now, has allowed three goals in the first period. Yeah, old friend, Darcy Kemper, old friend Darcy Kemper has given up two goals on four shots to the Bruins right. at this point. It's very rare for goalies to look good, and it's it's both ends of the spectrum. When a goalie looks like shit in the preseason, it doesn't matter. When they look great in the preseason, it doesn't matter either. Your, Jonas Corposal just had a 40-save shutout. Am I expecting Jonas Corposal to be a Vesna winner this year? No. That'd be cool if he was, though. That means very the center would be good. But Georgiev, I, I was more just glad he played the entire game. No injury. Good to go. That's really all I care about. You just you're get you're getting the reps in. Yeah, some of those goals he gave up weren't pretty. I did I didn't love the first one that he gave up just on the on the short side. And he just he looked like he's getting his net back. He looked like a guy who hasn't been in net since May and is just trying to get his legs back under him. I'd rather him do this now in the preseason than in game one against the Kings, where he's playing against NHLers. Correct. Correct. So he, he didn't look great. Devon Taves played in this game. He gets a goal on the power play. I'm just saying it, man. This is this could be a bold prediction. And I don't really I think if the Avs power play stays healthy all year, I think they're going to be hovering around the 28, 29% mark Ooh, conversion rate. That's pretty t- that power play 
looked so good. Granted, the stars did not have NHLers out there, so maybe this is a. I mean, there was a couple. There was a couple, but not in the PK, and it was Scott Wedgwood in net, which isn't the great. Like he's a decent backup goalie. I have a feeling if they stay healthy, this power play is going to be right up there with the Oilers this year. Yeah, I, I really do. You add in Kale McCarr on top of that. I thought Duran looked pretty good in the bumper roll, but I would more like to see Johansson in there. Um, Johansson, Johansson, did I say it right? Johansson. Johansson. Uh, it's not I would, why. Pronounce yeah. the J. Johansson. I think he fits better in that bumper roll, but and he's a bigger net front presence, but I also really like the way Duran looked in this one. I also just, I maybe I haven't watched enough Canadians games or Lightning's games. Duran was fearless going in front of the net. He took a couple big shots in the back, and I don't really know if that's going to suit his play style for the whole year, but it was kind of cool to see him do that in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, he's gearing himself up, I and mean, he's going to be a target on that top line. You're not going to fuck with McKinnon, you're not going to fuck with Rantanen, so you're going to try to pick on the weakest link, and if Drew Ann's not taking shit and is willing to get into the the dirty areas, then yeah, awesome. And I agree. I think the power play is going to look very strong this year. I mean, you put Drew Ann in there, whose whose strength is on the power play and finding open space. And and Johansson, I think he's been really strong on that bumper slot in the power play. Adding those two to the mix just adds more elements to it that I th- I think we're missing a little bit last season where you know you have the superstars, you know you have Kale, you know you have Mac and Miko and everything. You got to watch for all that. One of the reasons for so long that the Capitals power play has been so good is because why, why doesn't everyone just cover Ovi? Well, because you have a guy like Oshi in the middle who's not a superstar, but is a genuine threat in the bumper slot that forces defensemen to think and to hesitate. It's like if I just completely commit myself to Ovi, I'm leaving the guy here wide open and the Avs, if they can get penalty killers spread out a lot more and have a much bigger threat in the middle of the ice, it's going to open up a lot more room for McKinnon and Rantanen to rip those one-timers. Rip those crossing passes, which I felt like last year, that's a good point. The crossing passes last year just weren't there because people weren't respecting JT Comfer in that bumper roll. And you didn't have that problem with Gabe Landeskog because it's fucking Gabe Landeskog in the middle. There's, so, a, there's a reason why when you put Landeskog on the power play, it just gets significantly better, even if he's not the one banging them in all the time. Yeah. So I think that's a really good point. I just have a feeling they're going to hover right around top in the league in power play. I, I agree. I, I just I, really I, like the way they looked. And the I second unit, I think, is way more dangerous than last year's too. Significantly. I mean, that's one of the things about having way better depth is you can trot out a decent enough second power play that the penalty killers can't just take a break and catch their breath. And I agree. I th- It should be a top five power play with the talent that you have here and the new additions here. It's not unfair to expect this to be top five. It's not going to be number one. The Oilers feast on the power play. That is their entire thing. They do nothing but score power play goals. But if you can get this to be top five, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think 28 to 29%, maybe 30. Because what were the Oilers last year? Were they 35%? Uh, I, they were absurdly high. Yeah, it was like it was it was pretty close to an NHL record, if I remember. So what if it wasn't the record, it was pretty close. It was pretty close. So that's just my bold prediction. I really like the way the power play looked and Dave's looked great. Uh, Samuel Gerard was a man on a mission in this. I don't know what got into him. He was hitting everything in fucking sight in this game. Uh, Are we going to get the Sam Gerard revenge season where he's just decided he's had enough? 
I would love it n- nothing more than for that to happen. I I do think that he's going to get a lot less shit this year just with the role he's going to be playing. Yeah. Cuz he he's more than likely going to be a third pair D guy if everyone stays healthy. I think he's going to get a lot less shit and we're going to see the Sam Gerrard that we saw 3 years ago. I think you are underestimating how petty people can be sometimes. Well, yeah, but because I, even, even putting him on the third pair alone is just a magnet for criticism for him. It's like, oh, you're paying five million bucks for a yeah. third pair defenseman. I mean, I've I've never bought that argument. He's a second pair defenseman playing on technically the third pair. He's going to play about the same minutes as Byram every single night. I mean, it's it's fine at the end of the day. But I loved how angry. Gerard was in this game. He was he was throwing hits. He was throwing bombs. He had that back check on what was it? Was it Sagan or Ben? I think it was it Sagan. Was Sagan. Ben yeah. wasn't playing. Yeah. Well, was, there was Jordy Ben was playing, but not Jamie right. Ben. Right. He had that break. He had chased down Sagan on that breakaway, and then he almost scored on the other end of the ice in that overtime. He was very close. He honestly was one of the best players on the on the ice in the entire game. I really hope he brings that energy into the season because that would be very fun to watch it would be it would be he looked really good i'm trying to think if there were any other nhlers oh lecky was there being a menace as usual he I, was fantastic. I, i'm excited to see him back in that second line role if everything plays out with Druan, because him and nachushkin potentially on the line is going to cause headaches for other teams i think we've kind of forgotten about lekin in a little bit he's just Which kind of i think getting... is a good thing I think that's a great thing for Lekkonen is will thrive best when he's lost in the shuffle a little bit and getting buried behind the stars and everything like that. If you forget about Lekkonen, that is the role that he is going to thrive in. And I mean, look at, we, we didn't, we haven't talked to him about him and we're 22 minutes into this episode. We, right. we had forgotten about him. Right. Exactly. So. But I mean, this was his first game, I believe of the preseason. Yep. And you wouldn't know it. The guy works his ass off on every single shift, preseason or not. You, that's the best way to knock rust off is just go out there and just try it every single shift. And whether it's second line with him or first line, I I really don't think it matters. He's just going to work in whatever role. If Drew Ann's just not cutting it on the top line, I'm not going to lose any sleep because, okay, guess we have to put Lekin in back guess, up there. Damn it. We have to put right. up that menacing 62. Right. Just what a horrible, horrible thing that we have another guy that we could just comfortably throw on the top line whenever we need to. He's going to be the the fix it guy, I think, on every line. If a line underperforming, you put Arturi Lekkinen on there. He's going to work his ass off. He's going to go dig out some pucks and go get you some opportunities and just fix a whole bunch of things. And I I love this guy so much. I, I'm so grateful for that contract. I really it's pretty great. It's been too long since I've talked about it, but it's just such an amazing deal for it is. an amazing player. It is, and I, I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to see him. I do still love the potential of a line of Ross Colton, Nachushkin, and Lekkinen. That line would just be a menacing line of just forechecking your face off. That would like would it surprise you if that's not the shutdown D line to like end some games? We we will certainly. I think Colton's got to improve his defensive game a little himself before he can get there. But that's a, a menacing line. You're right to play against that. Those guys are gonna make your life miserable together. It's just gonna be funny to watch him because Colton's a pretty big dude. Nachushkin's a big dude, and Lekkinen plays like one of them. Yeah, Lekkinen projects himself as a big dude, Correct. and you believe him because he'll knock you on your ass without without fail. So. Other than that, it was a super fun game. 
for a preseason game, I really enjoyed it. I don't think I have anything else for it other than like, was there, I don't think so, man. Malinsky, Malinsky had a couple moments, but the dude can't hit the broadside of a barn with the shot. Yeah. Malinsky had some moments in this game. He looks like he's growing. He looks like he's getting comfortable. I think the expectation that this guy can win a roster job out of camp might've been a little lofty. Didn't we mean, got, we, we got jumped into the, we bought into the, the preseason hype. Yeah. I think it's also just sometimes the lack of defensive depth compared to the forward depth right now. You're like, well, look at Malinsky. He's obviously going to do this and that the guys played 14 professional games, played seven in the regular season last year and played seven playoff games. It is not a bad thing for this guy to start the season in the AHL and to go and get some confidence. Sam Walensky is going to play in the NHL this season. I fully believe that. There's going to come an opportunity for him to make his NHL debut. And if it comes 30, 50 games in, it doesn't matter. Let the guy go to the AHL where he kicked ass last season with the Eagles before he even had any experience. Let him have a full training camp with the team and go down to the Eagles and just go dominate there for a little bit. And then eventually when injuries happen, Go bring him up and then see what you've got there. I mean, I think sometimes we we do this in the preseason where we need this guy to make it out of camp. Doesn't need to be the case. And this also applies to Ben Myers, where it's like, yeah, we penciled him in the 4C. Not a bad thing for him to go to the AHL for a little while and then come back up if we need him to. And that is what is going to happen with both those players. So we'll have to wait and see. But other than that, nothing really too crazy in this game. After this game, the Avs did send two more players down to the AHL. Uh, um, Amut, is that how you say his name? Amot. Amot, Amot. Yeah, and then who was the other one? Clerman. Yeah, Nate Clerman. So they both cleared waivers. They're reporting to Eagles training camp. Still surprising, and I it was AJ who tweeted this out, the Avs still have a ton of players. Yeah, they still have. Considering we're a week away from the season starting, they have a ton of players still in camp with them. Yeah, they have 26 forwards as it stands right now at the time we're recording this. They are going to wait until the very last second possible. I mean, 26 forwards, 13 defensemen, and still four goalies sitting up here at the moment. I think a couple of them ended up getting sent down a little more today, I believe. But yeah, we're down to 11 defensemen at this point because of him not. And uh, Schneumann also got sent down today instead of Clerman. But yeah, they're taking their sweet time with this. And I don't blame them. You have as much time as you need. Have it. Make them play these preseason games. There's actually competition this year, which I think is what's throwing it. It's throwing me off because last year it was like, is Martin Kout going to make the team? No one else is going to make this team if Martin Kout can't make it. So there's competition. It's going to be interesting. Uh, We had Peter Holland say he was going to go to the Eagles for his stint for the rest of his PTO. But did you see his comments about that? He was told that if he can go down there and prove it, he will be one of the first call-ups. I did see that. I think it's really the main way they convinced him to keep playing. I mean, we'll see how much truth there is to that promise because they can say whatever they want. Correct. But we'll see. About that, I don't know how much I believe that compared to Tufty, and I think Kibi Rant is probably going to stick around on the roster, maybe. And then, I mean, maybe if Myers doesn't seem ready, I can see that happening. But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But regardless, the Avs still have a ton 
of players still in camp. And it's it's going to come down to the wire, like you said. So I'm really interested to see who sticks. I do think it's going to be Olafson to stick around. I do. Yeah. I think he's going to get that fourth line role. And there may be more that stick around because Cogliano is still in a no contact sweater. Like Bednar yeah. said, he's ready to go, like he wants to go, but he hasn't really gone out there yet. So there could be potential that Cogliano doesn't start the season and yeah. we may end up keeping Tufty and Olafson. I mean, I think you're you're probably going to have Kiviranta stick around. That's right. my prediction because I also didn't really consider this as like if you put Frankie on LTIR, you can kick this can down the road for True. a little bit and carry a little more of these guys having $2 million just still sitting on LTIR on top of Gabe's $7 million sitting there for the whole season. But I imagine Olsen's going to make it no matter what. Kiviranta is probably going to be there because he he just is doing so like, – we didn't even talk about him. He had a fantastic game as well. He's just doing so many little things right, especially on the boards. And McDermott's not going anywhere. We all know that. And so I hope even with that, Tufty doesn't have to go through waivers because I'm not 100% sure he would clear. But I also trust management to to figure this whole thing out without getting somebody claimed. But sometimes you just have to put guys through waivers. It, it's a system that exists and everyone has to deal with it. Sometimes there's just not a loophole around everything. Yeah, keep your fingers crossed. Uh, McFarland was in the booth for this game for, I think it was the first or second period. Second period. Second period. And it was it was an interesting conversation. Mark Mosier asked him, like, what's your thoughts on Gabe and all that stuff? And he said the normal stuff a GM would say in that. Like, we're, if anyone can do it, it's Gabe. We're happy with the progress. And they really talked to him more about the uh, the use of the LTIR this year instead of not using it last year, which they didn't do. So I found that a little bit interesting, but other than that, I don't think he really gave any insights to who's going to make the team or who's not going to make the team. Yeah. He really likes miles wood. He really does. I could tell when the six year contract. Yeah. That maybe he has a, <laughs> a little bit of a positive vibe on miles wood. I mean, we've heard for a little bit that this team was targeting miles wood for a couple seasons. Right. Now they wanted to get him at the trade deadline for a couple of trade deadlines. Now, and I think they're very excited about the two and a half on him, maybe less so than the six years. I think they're just willing to deal with that to have him for that little. And I, th- he's going to be an interesting case this year because he's not going to make or break the team, but he definitely could make them a lot more dangerous if he gets comfortable here. He's, he's going to be the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde player, I have a feeling. He's going to look really good in some games, and there's going to be some games where you're like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And that's just what we're going to have to accept. I'm going into the season expecting that. Yeah, that's probably going to be the case with him. I think he's just going to – It's if he can work on his defensive game a little bit and use that missile skating that he yeah. has, that, that reckless truck driver that he skates with, he's going to be a very effective player on this team. I mean, there's just – it's, it's kind of a weird feeling season coming up because there's so many new pieces that you have to see get acclimated and how they adjust and everything. And is Georgiev going to keep it up? I mean, there's a lot of things to consider going into this season, but it's great that so far in this preseason, things have gone pretty well. And the, this main competition for the forward slot, you really can't ask for much more. I mean, it's unfortunate, I think, for for Ben Myers that he's getting squeezed out right now but he was kind of on the outside track because of waivers to begin with. But the fact that you're just going to have that guy sitting in the AHL waiting and growing his game more and more, 
this is a guy that you had to lean on in the playoffs last year really shows how decimated and how little depth that team had. It's a marked sign of improvement at the very least. Hey, everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games, and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets when you sign up. Best of all, nobody's going to be missing out on any of the actions this season because all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. So what are you waiting for? Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Now, back to the episode. I don't know, man. It's going to be a fun next cup like next week because by the time we're talking next week at this time the we're going to be getting ready for game one oh yeah so a week from today that we are recording this will be the first games of the season and a week from the time you're listening to this will be the day of game one when we will be in los angeles playing the la kings how cool would it be if we were actually in los angeles me and you at the game Trust me, I would love nothing more <laughs> than to just go around and watch the Habs play hockey. But I might have to be an, an old man and see if I can even finish that game at home, considering how yeah, I, I have to get up these days. Yeah, but it's going to be fun. I'm excited to see it. We have another game that at the time recording is getting underway. Uh, we have some players playing in it. That's kind of exciting. Uh, you do have Josh Manson playing in the preseason, which that should be fun. You have Jonathan Duran playing. You have Ross Colton. You have Big Val making his preseason debut. Uh, you have Byram, and you have Johansson again. Johansson. Johansson. Jesus Johan- Christ. I'll get it right Joe- by the end of the year. Yeah. Johansson. Johansson. Yes. Uh, you have Malinsky playing. You have Tatar playing. You have Kivi Ranta playing. Uh, you have uh, Andre Pavel playing, which is exciting, and Jason Paul playing. So there's a lot of guys who – we thought we're going to crack the lineup or had a potential to make this lineup. And so far they're looking pretty solid. Yeah. You're getting a few guys back. I mean, I wanted to talk about Josh Manson and what we found yes. out about him the other day. Like we've been talking all off season, like, Oh, Josh Manson, Josh Manson was nowhere near a hundred percent in the playoffs. I think to even say he was 50% was generous. Well, it turns out in game two of that series against Seattle, he also, on top of already being hurt, tore his oblique. Yeah. The, the How this man even laced up skates and was able to move on the ice, I don't think I will ever fully understand. But we were watching that series and like, dude, Josh Manson cannot move. He can't move. Fucking no wonder. He's yeah, got he's- like four separate injuries and a freshly torn oblique that he played through for three games. It was one of those ones where you appreciate the player gritting it out, but at the same time, he probably would have been better staying on the sidelines. Right. Yeah. So like you, you you can't ever ask a player to to sit out, especially in the playoffs. But there comes a certain point where it's like, is Josh Manson, is he even 25% right now? Right. How much, like, is Brad Hunt that bad of an option at this point that he is not better than a 25% Josh Manson? Yeah. 
Because Josh Manson was bad, dude. And he has a reason to be bad. He literally could not turn. He could not move. Like, you're oblique for those who don't know. Like, that's pretty much your core. Right. Like, and you think think about how much you use your core in everyday life, even when you're not trying to. It's the same thing as basically your ribs. It's the center of all of your movement. Everything you do will hurt if you have a torn oblique. No wonder the guy couldn't move. And it nothing against him. I'm glad he's feeling better. It's encouraging that he's going to play tonight. I personally, I hope he plays seven minutes and he's good. Yeah, that's all I want out of this game is Josh Manson plays seven minutes. He gets his feet on the ice and he doesn't do anything to hurt himself. Yeah, just get the reps in and everything. I mean, uh, he's still been kind of slow getting back out of training camp, which is to be expected coming off of surgery and everything, but. You you need this guy to to be pretty healthy coming into the season. I think there's a, a lot riding on him and his health for this season. Because yeah, you have Kale, yeah, you have Taze and Bo and Gerard. If Manson goes down, you're gonna start to dig into that pretty shallow D depth pretty quickly. And I still imagine this team's gonna make a couple of moves at defense. I do too. And Josh Manson to me is the biggest part of this defense. If, if he can play, we talked about in his preview, review, if he plays 65 games, that's a win. Yeah, you need him. You need him. And it's it's going to be interesting. I do feel bad for all the mean things we said about him uh, during the playoffs because um, yeah, he literally couldn't move and he was trying to to play hockey. But at the same time, it's like, dude, just just sit this one out. No one's going to no one's going to get mad at you if you sit yeah. it out because I mean, they honestly because he sat out what game six and game seven, right? Did, game did, five? He, did, he, did he play five? I don't remember. I don't think he played five. Did he? I want to say he did. Right. And then he didn't in game six because the, that was when it uh, was Kale just, came back. Yeah. It was just at a certain point. The guy can't yeah. move. Anymore. And they won game six pretty convincingly. So I don't know. It, it's just one of those things. You always commend a guy for his toughness, but might have been better for him to sit that out. So we'll have to see how this game goes with him. Obviously, we're just going to have to listen to the sweet voice of uh, Connor McGahee the entire time because there's no way to watch it. So for some reason, are... in 2023, there are multiple preseason games that just cannot be watched, cannot be watched. But we'll have to see how that one goes. I'm interested to see how Val looks. I, I wish we could watch him. I imagine he's going to be fine. It wasn't an injury that kept him out. It's just it was personal stuff. I'm interested to see how he plays in this game. So, I mean, we're really going to get kind of the the first look at him with Rijo as a center. Hopefully that works out well. And you have Thomas Tatar coming back too. So that's always good. Yeah. Finally finished with all his immigration crap. And yeah. actually play hockey. Imagine that. That's good. To, it's good to see Pavel in there too. Like we yeah. mentioned earlier, just a guy who's been working hard all off season and the team was very excited to reward, but it's just been unavailable for most of this training camp. So good to at least see him getting in there. Good to see him. I, I don't like how they're doing these rosters because they have Curtis listed as a D-man again for this game. I don't I don't know what's up with that. It's all yeah, I don't, it's, I don't it's either. still it's still preseason mode. Still preseason mode. Uh oh, Bo's playing in this game too. So there there's a good amount of NHL time. Oh, Alausen's playing too. Oscar Alausen's playing too. Ooh. Yeah, there's a lot of good players playing in that game. So I wish we could watch it, but here we are. Yep, and here we are. We really nothing we can do about it. We just kind of have to sit here and wait. Sit here and wait. But, dude, it's only one more week. One more week. After this, we have one more preseason game, and then the real shit starts. 
and we're going to be back and better than ever. And six preseason games is... I told you when we talked about the preseason games last week, I, I thought yeah. six was too many. I think four is the perfect amount. I, like, imagine if they would have started after that game we had on Sunday. That would have been I, the perfect amount. I think it should... I think the NHL season, the regular season, should be starting in September. I think it should probably start late September. And I then, think they yeah, kind of yeah. like the fact that it goes later into the summer because then they get more people watching it. That's I think that's true, why I they guess, do that. But way. I mean, I don't know. I think it's, I think it'd be better if you're handing out the the cup in late May, maybe. Just I, th- I think if you moved everything up just a little bit, I think it'd be a little better. You cut it down to four preseason games because like five and six is that's it's too many. many. And it's I just think it, I think it's silly to have a preseason game within a week of the regular season starting. I just think that's kind of redundant at that point. I mean, none of the guys are going to play in the, these last two games. Right. And like, right. Do, you, do you not know at that point? Oh, God. Obey Kubel just took a puck to the face. Did you see that? Oh, he did. He took that right to the ear. Yeah. Holy shit. Sorry. Go back to your point. I think my point just got distracted <laughs> a little bit there. It looks like, looks like old knack is okay, but yeah, yeah six preseason games is too much. I, like, I, too I know they're never, ever going to cut them because it's literally just free money, like just yeah. printing money to run the stadium for a day and make the ticket revenue and everything and all the TV contracts. Like it's such a minuscule amount, but they're not going to give that up. Like the NFL, the NFL can, because there's just so many injuries that happen in every single game. The NHL is not going to do that. No, I take a guess. I forgot that the abs were playing on Sunday. Take a guess at how much I sold my tickets for, for that game. I think you paid them $15 to take it off your hands. No, I actually, dude, I sold them and I made $12 on two tickets. Hell yeah, <laughs> After fees, I made $12. I was like, it was too late for me to give them away because it was like an hour before the game. And I was like, I can't do that. So I literally just put them on there and they sold. I got $12, baby. Net $12. Profit. Net profit, baby. I don't think I made a net profit on that. I think I probably lost money on that game. Yeah, probably true. But it's <laughs> less money than you would have lost if you didn't sell them. I correct. Guess. Correct. But, uh, to the person who bought those seats, I hope you enjoyed the game because you're one of the few. Well, actually, it was pretty full in there. I was surprised was a, how full was a that was. Pretty decent crowd. I mean, it was a it was a Sunday night. What are people going to do? Watch the Broncos? Well, the Broncos had won surprisingly. They so did. They had to they have won. a massive comeback against the Bears, but they they did in fact they won. They did in. It was fact looking bad for a while. Game. It was looking bad for a while, but uh, yeah, we're almost done with the preseason, man. We are almost there. Uh, as we get closer to the end of the show. We did have some other NHL news. Uh, the long, I feel like least talked about saga. Uh, I think if this was happening to any other team but Anaheim, people would be talking about it more. Trevor Zegras finally signs his deal. Three years, 5.75. I think it's right around what both of us were expecting it would be. I think it's a year longer than I expected it to be, but probably that 6 million range is what I expected it to be. And was, I don't know, this, this just kind of seemed like an, an odd one that they just waited this long to have this done. And they still have Jamie Drysdale that they right. have to take care of right now. And I th- like Trevor Zegras, I think most people agree little overrated in terms of what he does. I mean, he's a he's gotten multiple 60 point seasons, but he's a solid second line center. Yeah, I, I think you could call him a top line center, but I think people tr- want to put him up there with stars, and that's just not the case with him. Not yet. Yeah, I mean, a three-year bridge deal, I think it's a fine bet. It's good 
value, I think, for the Ducks if Zegras and this young team really does start to break out, that maybe they can squeeze an extra year of 5.75 out of him if they really want to make a playoff push. And then they also had uh, Kalorn, I think, break his finger and is out <laughs> for six to eight weeks. So his tenure in Anaheim is off to a pretty poor start. Yeah, just of course. That's just how things have to go for the Ducks. But yeah, it, it's just a weird saga because these are young guys. I, I They didn't overpay. They didn't under. Why is it taking this long? We, we talked about it earlier. It's it's. If Zegers was asking for seven, he's crazy, but you can kind of come in the middle ground of 5.5 to six. You know, and, and it kind of seems like what they did. You know, it seems right. like they maybe gave up more than they were willing to offer for the extra year for Zegers. You get maybe a little extra year of value out of him at 5.75 instead of, I mean, I bet the Ducks probably wanted what, like four times two or something. Yeah. And Zegers probably wanted something like seven times three. So you bring it down to half, you meet in the middle and keep the three years, you know, it works out perfect. So, and now I, I don't know what Drysdale is going to sign for. He, he can't get that much because he's played like 30 NHL games. Right, this is weird. Like he's, he's actually played 113 NHL. Has he really? Well, cause last year he played eight, but the year and he got hurt all year. And, but, but the year before that he played 81. So he only oh. won game the year before and he was hurt most of last year. I don't, does this not just seem like here's 2 million bucks, go out there and get another deal? Yeah. I mean, I think Bo Byram kind of fucked it up for everyone. Because... Right, but like Drysdale did not play last year. He had zero points. Right. He had zero points, and Bo Byram won a cup. So right. And Bo Byram played 26 minutes in a cup-clinching game and is like legitimately shown amazing promise. And Drysdale just like hasn't even had that chance. Yeah, hasn't yet. Yeah, I, I think more like 3.5 is what I'd expect for him. Like three by three, three times 3.5. I think that's more what he would get. I think he's probably asking for like four or five, and that's just crazy bin stuff. So I, I don't even know where to begin on what they're offering both yeah. sides here. That, that just is like an, an open, open and shut one year contract. And just go and prove it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So the Ducks continue to just be weirdly run. I don't know what Pat Verbeek's doing. Um, yeah. Just kind of makes no sense. This guy makes no sense. It's a weird but, one. But but I, other NHL storylines. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. I thought it was very funny how Toronto reacted to getting shut out in a preseason game. Which was it? Which one was this? I thought that they got shut out by someone. No, I was talking Corpus Allo shut out the Penguins. He shot the Penguins and then no, they oh they lost in a shootout. That's right. Toronto's free. They lost in a shootout to the Senators. <laughs> I was getting the games mixed up and like I, I was following the people on Twitter and it's like, guys, it's the fucking preseason. Who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. I I, th- I did think it was, I did not read any much into it. All I saw was the Leafs account tweet out the final score and I just saw a four digit number on the comments and scrolled away. Like I I already know what every single one of those says. Yeah. And I was like, it's a preseason game. Chill out. Like it'll be okay. You guys will be okay. But is there a team that you've watched that you think is going to be better than you originally thought? No. In the in the preseason, I put absolutely no stock into anything. There's mm. not there's really not much I can put into a preseason game. Like, yeah, this team's gonna be better than I thought. Like this just I think I think I've watched a couple I think the coyotes are gonna be better than we think. I've I've been on that this auto not the Ottawa train, sorry, Arizona train for a little bit. I don't think they're going to be amazing, but they're they're going to be a tough out every yeah. single night. I, I, I think, think they Logan, finished fourth in the Central. Fourth or fifth in the Central. Geez, yeah, you got to save that. You got to save I, I'm that. just saying I think. I think. You got to save that little nugget. We'll talk we'll get to that. 
We'll talk yeah. about all that in time. But maybe my bold prediction, I don't even know how much I believe this. Uh, Logan Cooley finishes ahead of Connor Bedard for the Calder. I like that. I like that a lot. I, 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 think, fucking sick, I think man. Logan Cooley is a dog. Did we and, talk about that move Bedard had against St. Louis? Yeah, we did. Already? Yeah. yeah. Like, the kid's going to be gross. And is Darren Pang doing Chicago games now? I think so. Yeah. He he, betrayed, he stabbed the Blues in the back. Right. That's weird. I, I saw that and I was like, oh, that makes him? sense. It's a Blues game. But yeah, he's doing Chicago him? games now. Yeah. St. Louis. Do you blame him? Eh, I'd, leave, I'd leave too. Yeah, I'd leave in a heartbeat. But you just get used to him and uh, is it John Kelly is his name? The play-by-play guy for the Blues. He used to be the Avs guy. I think his name's John Kelly. Yeah. So, but there's, it's just nice having hockey on the TV again. And like this, this Capitals Bruins game we're watching right now, it's the definition of a preseason game. No one is trying on defense. No, no one is even doing anything in this game. But we did have a few mailbag questions sent in for this week of action. If anything, we've got four of them. And let's hear them. We've got only two of them that are about hockey. I like these ones sometimes. Okay. You mix it up a little bit. We're going to start with one that I am going to kick the can on a few episodes. Uh, What's your prediction for the teams that make the conference finals? So the episode plan for the next couple of days is we're obviously going to have this one coming out on Wednesday morning, a day late. I know. Sorry. I lied. Last I had a concert. It was awesome. Yeah. It's it's Christian's fault. Go yell at him. I'm I'm completely innocent in all of this, but what we're going to do from here on now is we're going to go back to our normal recording schedule. But on Friday, when we record, we're going to record all of our division previews and split those into four episodes. And at the end, we're going to give our final four, our Stanley Cup final and our Stanley Cup winner. So we're not blowing off your question, but I am going to direct you to what would it be? Monday's episode, I believe it would be the last one that we. Yes. I'm just I'm going to put them all out four days in a row. So whenever the last one is, we're going to give our our Stanley Cup final or final four predictions. So we'll answer that one there. So be patient with us. But that was the first question. We'll mix it up with a non-hockey one. And I'm sorry because Google Sheets completely destroyed the system. They don't have the they put the names in the format of a poll. So I don't know who's asking each question anymore. It used to just be I'd line up what number question with which number name. That's gone now. Okay. The only time, the only thing I can see is how many times someone has asked a question on here. So our boy Logan's asked two questions, and Stevens asked two questions. Everyone else just has ones. I'm sorry, I can't see your names anymore. Google fucked it up for me. But we have a question asking Chick Fil A or Popeyes. Chick Fil A. It's not even close. Yep. I was right. ho- I was kind of hoping you'd say Popeyes because for me it's a blowout. It's Chick Fil A. Like Popeyes is good, man, but Chick Fil A delivers every single time. I can count on Chick Fil A. I am I'm also the wrong person to answer. Uh, ever since I've gone on my diet, uh, Chick Fil A is my one cheat meal. That, but, but I, I, I will cheat thing. on Chick Fil A. You can eat Chick Fil A and not feel disgusting. Right, like, and that's thing- what I like about it. like I, I get the grilled nuggets with with the like I do get the fried sandwich still because that's just delicious. But you get the grilled nuggets, the sauces are different. It, it's just chef's kiss. It, it's Chick Fil A hands down. I, yeah. And if you like Popeyes, that's cool. I have no well, problem. Pop- with Popeyes, Popeyes is fantastic. Like let, let's make no mistake here. Popeyes is fantastic chicken. They do something that Chick Fil A doesn't with the bone in chicken. Chick Fil A doesn't have that. And I enjoy most meals I get from Popeyes, which is very rare. Because every time I eat Popeyes, I feel like I'm going to fall into a coma and die. That stuff is so 
greasy. I feel like I just ate 50 pound weights. And this it, may be, this may be a controversial food take. Um, bone and chicken kind of sucks. It, it's got a time. It's only good for wings. Wings are the only times I like my bone and my chicken, but yeah, that, that's, that's my hot take. I also, let's see my rewards for Chick-fil-A. I am currently a red member. Yeah. I don't know I'm, what that I'm, means. I am also a red Chick-fil-A member. Yeah. So I, I, I can pretty much get the entire menu for free if I want to. Pretty much. I have several thousand points that yes. I can use for pretty much whenever I like. So we're probably the wrong people. To probably ask. the wrong people to ask. If you like Popeyes, I have no problem with you. Again, but, no, uh, nothing wrong with Popeyes. Great chicken. Solid sandwiches. Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich is better. Correct. Said it. You get you get the Chick-fil-A sandwich, piece of pepper jack cheese. And so oh, you go pepper sauce. jack. Okay. I'm, I've, I'm recently been coming on to pepper jack. I wasn't like a get... pepper jack guy, but there what was sauces was... are you throwing on there? That, that really is going to determine the sandwich. I mean, right? you can never go wrong with Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah, see, I'm, I, I put Buffalo and ranch and make like a yeah, Buffalo but, chicken but there's sandwich. There's nothing wrong with that. Chick-fil-A has so many good sauces. Right. You can just, and you can get them by the bottle. At Correct. The you can't do that. Correct. Popeye's does not have a signature sauce. It's I think it'd be different if Popeye's was more readily available. I feel like there's only like a few amount of Popeye's everywhere and you look around, there's Chick-fil-A's everywhere. See, I'm in a rare location because like where I used to live, I was right next to a Chick-fil-A. Now I'm much closer to a Popeye's than I am a Chick-fil-A, but I will do the drive for Chick-fil-A. Correct. It's, it's it's just better. It's Correct. just, it, you, can eat, you can eat a fried chicken sandwich and still not feel like your entire day is ruined. You get an eight count from Popeye's and you you might as well be going to bed for the Correct. night. It doesn't matter if it's three in the afternoon. Your day is over. Yes. Yes. That was a good question. That yeah. was a good debate. I'm glad question. we were on the same page. I love, I love when people send us a mix up every now and again that yes. lets us get outside of the hockey zone a little bit. And we'll we'll stay on that theme for a little bit because we'll save the last hockey question for last because I think it's funny. But Christian, uh, you're going to have to answer this one because this is a little out of my my zone. Favorite place to eat in Denver? Holy shit! Okay, um, wow, there are a ton of good options. Uh, I am, I'm in the Highlands Ranch area. You've seen the place I live in. It, it's mm-hmm. it's very suburban. There is a Mexican restaurant that I love called Los Dos Portillos. Um, delicious Mexican food. If you're from Colorado, you know about green chili, how delicious green chili is. Um, for a place in Denver that I loved, uh, Asian food called Pepper Asian Bistro. I think they have delicious uh, Chinese food. Uh, if you're going for more of the Asian food, Wild Ginger has some of the best Thai food around. Um, and then like a little off place that I like to go to that actually has good food, good drinks. It's this uh, little speakeasy called Miller and Rossi's. It is delicious. So that's just kind of my quick little take around it. I'm not the biggest foodie in the world, but when I find something that I like, I am the type of person who just eats it all the fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. Next time I'm in Colorado, I'm definitely doing more of a food tour this time because last time there's a lot, man. Yeah. The last two times I was there, it was much more of like the nature tour, like going to the mountains yep. and all the hiking trails and everything. Like that was my main concern. I a couple months later, I realized I missed out on like so many opportunities a lot. to go and try like some of the amazing food in Denver. And that that is my goal for yeah. the next time I'm there, whenever that is, is to if you're out. looking for like a good Instagram page that follows it around, one of my buddies from college, he runs this Instagram page called Denver Hipster Guide. And it's just all the good places to go get food and drinks. So go check them out. Um, shout out my boy Tanner. Yeah. If I have to give my favorite from when I was there, 
the bacon social house had yeah, that's a good spot that that had the best chicken and waffles i ever had with the sauce did you get the bacon pudding. flight that i did i get the bacon flight i think i did yeah. but i'm but what i'm remembering is the chicken and waffles with the sausage gravy because that yeah. that was a genuine 10 out of 10 and one of the best breakfasts i have ever had bacon social in entire life yeah it's bomb it's it's a good spot you need to go to the actual restaurant it's a lot better than there I do. So need next to. time you're here, we'll go. Next time you're yeah. here, we'll go. I'll take yes. you on the food tour. Yeah, we'll, we're we're going to fix that next time yeah. I'm out there for sure. But to get to our final question of the day, I think it was a very creative question. I love this. Who will score the series winning goal against the Stars in the Western Conference Finals? Yuel Kiviranta, Riley Tufty, Freddie Olafson, Val Nichushkin, Andrew Cagliano, or Ivan Ivan? Christian, your thoughts. Who? Which former star is going That's... to score the big goal? Wow. Um, I think it's the most basic answer, but I think I'm going to go big Val. I, I, I just imagine him doing that in a scenario, but we all know the person who's going to score the series clinching winning goal against any team is Arturi Lekkinen. Right. Like, the answer your own question, but I, I, I'd probably I go big Val. This, I think in this instance, you have to take, you have to maybe assume Lekkinen's hurt or something because he will score that goal. Yes. But assuming you can only pick from former stars who you take in. I'd go big Val. I, I mean, the easy answer, I think, is to go with Big Val. But uh, when Riley Tufty earned his spot on the roster and everything like that, and he's playing on the fourth line in game seven, would we, I mean, we to play him in the Western Conference final, I think one of us would have to be a wild card, right? Correct. So I, I think it'd have to be the second round. Right. But when we're in game seven of round two, um, I'm going to, I'm going to take Riley Tufty to score that goal. It'd Just be that, very funny if Kiwi Ron actually, no, Kiwi Ron to score in that yeah. goal. I said, <laughs> It'd be I said very tough, funny. If I said Tufty, and I was like, wait a second, we have the, right. the guy. I was like, I was, cause I was going to say payback for 2020. We have that guy on, on our team now. Allegedly, we, he's still on a PTO. But if Yoel Kiwi Ronta is signed to an NHL deal and we're going to a game seven against Dallas, he's going to score a hat trick. I would, I'd be disappointed if he didn't. Yeah. Quite honestly, I'd be disappointed if Kiviranta does not have the game-winning goal against the Dallas Stars in the playoffs this year. I love how we're just assuming that like that's just a destined matchup. The it sure seems that way when you look at the Central Division. We'll, we'll talk about that in the preview, but it sure seems that way. Yeah, like you look at it, it's like these are the two best teams in the Central. I'm not worried about spoilers for that because yeah. that's pretty obvious to I think anyone looking from the outside. It's the Avs and the Stars that are going to go head to head in the Central this year. If it's not them in the second round, like something went wrong, something Correct. went wrong along the way for for one of them. I just the way these teams are built right now, and how long it's been for us to get a proper get back, and just it just seems like this rivalry has just been kind of boiling for a little bit, right? Like we had the peak in the bubble. It's not the same because it's in the bubble, and then we didn't even play them the next season because they were in the other division. And then you have these last two seasons, and these games were pretty intense for the most part. We had some nasty games against the Stars. It's going to be a nasty season against them again this year. And just it just seems like time, doesn't it? Yeah, whichever team has home ice in that series, I think wins it. That's going to be the key. I mean, it always see it always seems that way. But the Avs they play well on the road, and they do. Stars we'll have to see. Stars were we'll to see on the road last year. We will we will see, indeed. But I'm. Definitely taking Kibi Ranta to, yeah. to be the guy that's scoring that goal. The fun one's Kibi Ranta. Big Val's the logical one. Yeah. I mean, Val just, he loves scoring big goals. Yeah. It's what he does. Yeah. 
His 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 nickname is literally Big. Like he's he comes up big, big in big moments. Big Val. Yeah. So we'll have to see. But I don't think I have anything else for this episode, man. No, I think we are all set on this one. This is really our last like kind of killing time episode for a little bit. We've made it through the off season. Next time you hear from us, we'll 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 be talking the roster cuts yep. and everything and what the the final roster ends up looking like. But we'll also be doing our division previews. Where we're going to be. Well, I'll leave it up to you right now, Christian. You get to make the call right now. Are we starting or are we ending with the Central Division? We're ending with the Central Division. Okay. That's what I assumed. I agree. That's what we'll do. So we'll start in the East, probably Metro. Yeah, let's go Metro. We'll start with the Metro first. We'll go the Atlantic next, Pacific, and then we'll end with the Central Division. And then in that same episode, we will give our final fours, our Stanley Cup finalists, and our Stanley Cup winners. And I'm looking forward to it. And then after that, we're going to be back after that. I mean, after that is the freaking Kings game. Yep. Game start, man. Game start. And we're going to be talking about that at length before the game. And then seeing you guys after the game when the Avs have game one in, in the books. Yep. It's been a long offseason. It's going to be fun, man. It's long be fun. offseason. I'm so ready to get back to it. But again, Thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. You can use promo code Teledabs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Teledabs It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs.